What's the value of that administration approach? So when you give it IV, when you give exosomes IV, what happens is it, it distributes to the entire body. I mean, 10% of it or so will go into the brain and it'll cr cross the blood-brain barrier, but it won't. But that's not the majority of the dosing. The majority of the dosing ends up elsewhere. 90% of it ends up elsewhere. Whereas when I give it with the micronized nasal, uh -huh. the brain gets virtually all the dose. So if I give 100 billion, if I get five milliliters of exosomes to through a micronized nasal spray, then virtually all of that is going into the brain to focus on those areas of inflammation and, and damage. Welcome to Your Infinite Health. Are you getting older? Are you feeling it? How would you like to do that in reverse? We're your host, Dr. Tripp, and Lene. We've run an integrative medicine practice for 13 years. Together, we have 60 years of combined experience helping clients. We've helped tens of thousands achieve success in health and live longer, happier lives. In this show, we'll cover peer-reviewed and evidence-based integrative approaches to creating the health you've always wanted. We also share professional experience we see in the field every day. So if you're ready to feel, look, and live your best life, you're in the right place. Welcome to your Infinite Health Podcast. Trip. Lene. What did the ocean say to the beach? I'm not sure. Nothing. It just waved. Did I, did I tell you about the time that Huck, Huck is our youngest, he turns 14 on the 10th of September. But one time we were at the beach and we were standing ankle deep. I think we were in, probably in Pensacola. And I was like, okay, Huck, we're going to stand here and we're just going to let the ocean take out all of our stress and our fears and our worries and we're just going to let it go out with the water. And he's standing there holding my hand and he's like, okay. And so two seconds later, we're like, okay, great. There it goes. And before I could say anything, because the waves go out and then they come back in. Well, this one went out and then it came back in quite fiercely and splashed us. And he's like, yep. And it brought it all back again. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want that. Here, you take it back. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was like, okay, well, that lesson failed. Right. <laughs> I thought it was cute, though. So we have been doing, or you, we, you, <laughs> have been doing some really cool things and getting some really good results with respect to Parkinson's disease. And so I know that's a hot issue for people that, not just people that may be having Parkinson's disease, but also people that are caring for loved ones or the caretakers of people with Parkinson's disease. Right. So I thought maybe you could share a little bit about what you are doing with respect to regenerative medicine approaches as it relates specifically to Parkinson's disease. Well, yeah, I think I think we're following a trend that has disclosed uh, some very positive results in early and maybe moderate Parkinson's disease using exosome therapies and that. And now, so real quick for anybody who doesn't know, exosome therapies 
uh, is not stem cells. No, biological nanoparticles. Biological nanoparticles. Which are derived from the mesenchymal signaling cells that are found. AKA stem cells, but we're not allowed to say stem cells. (laughs) I didn't say it. You didn't say it. I didn't say it either. Um, At any rate, yeah. So the the small particles in that are formed by the uh, mesenchymal signaling cells have been found to be really the messengers of the activation of pairs and the uh, changes in cells that can of our own cells that can initiate repairs in our body. And interestingly, that has come to the fore in many of the neurodegenerative diseases, which are becoming uh, more and more prevalent in society as the population ages. So what's a case study that you could talk about? I don't have a... Yeah, that one, that FBI. FBI. Does it work for the FBI? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we have a one... One of the patients that I have on treatment at this juncture is actually responding in a positive fashion, not with just stabilization of disease, but actually with some disease improvement. And so can and what, what does that mean, disease improvement? So Parkinson's manifests itself generally by the resting tremor, by this kind of bradykinesia that they develop from a responsiveness and activity. An inter interpersonal reaction. Now, is this what is this what Michael J. Fox has had forever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, like, and Catherine Hepburn was that something she had? She seemed to have tremors. Sure. No, yeah. don't know. I okay. don't know. Yeah, have to look possible. into that. Certainly possible. So, postural instability and muscle aches and stuff like that. So, those are the kind of the classic visualized symptoms. But at, at the same time, that you end up with the problems with uh, depression and uh, dementia and some of those some of those things that develop as the disease progressions and in this case this really didn't present so much with the with the resting tremors and the pillow roller movement that they typically have but more it was more with the kind of the apathetic faces and the responses to interactions and at the same time he had muscle discomfort primarily in his proximal lower extremities that was and still is a problem. Muscle discomfort. It's like muscle spasms. And after he's been on, he's been on the typical medications with L-DOPA to replace the dwindling, dwindling concentrations of dopamine, which is kind of classic for the disease. And those helped some, but have not helped, not helped a whole lot. And Basically, the treatments that we have for Parkinson's are basically symptomatic treatments. They're not... Imperative or regenerative. Repair. Yeah, they don't repair any of the damage. They just, they just help the body create a little bit more dopamine in the central nervous system. And, and then basically that helps symptomatology for a while. But ultimately, as the disease progresses, then the dopamine levels will ultimately fail there local regionally and ultimately cause progression of disease. So. So in, in the sense that that's why the treatments with the mesenchymal signaling cells was entertained was primarily because of that absence of reparative therapy that was presented by what we currently used. So after those MSC-based therapies showed some promise, then uh, the exosomes from different regions has been, has been taken and instituted for therapies with similar, if not better success. There was actually a comparative trial between 
using the stem cells themselves versus the contents of the stem cells. So the secretome, basically what was being secreted by the stem cells, which is basically the exosomes. And, and those studies actually showed a better response for, their, for the exosomes than the giving the stem cells. So, so that being said... That's interesting. I don't really understand, like, visually. I'm trying to visualize. So you've got these little bubbles that the stem cells kind of push out and that contain all of the regenerative molecules, the the RNA, the the growth factors, the brain-derived neurotropic factor, all of the nerve regenerative factors, all of those things are, are contained in those little bubbles. And so you don't really need the cells. You can have an acellular content by ultracentrifugation, and there are a number of other processing means, but basically all you need is those little vesicles, the microvesicles that actually contain it, and they go and fuse with the, either fuse with the membrane of, of cells, stem cells that are, that are in the brain, uh-huh. or they fuse with, fuse with nerve endings and things like that, so they get, get the content inside the cell, or the receptor Fusion also, the receptor-mediated activities are also possible. But those, those activities then are undertaken by the cells of the patient, not by those cells that are actually administered in therapy, so to speak. So it's really fascinating, fascinating results. So how, how, long, have, how long has this treatment been available? Is probably within the last few years. So on it's a clinical pretty, trial basis, and that yeah. On a clinical trial basis, it's yeah. been available in the last few years. Yeah. So it's pretty new. Yeah, and it's not you know widely yeah widely out there. But you're saying that it's that, high, very expensive. So yeah, I don't tell you. It's not covered by insurance. Nothing good is covered by insurance. There, I said it. Truth. What's really interesting in his case is that he opted to try that, even giving the usual and customary, he may not get any response whatsoever, or or maybe things don't uh, continue to evolve. Oh, yeah, because you can't guarantee anything with this. Um, You can't guarantee anything with this, but you have been saying. So what I've been saying is. Like, without a medical degree, just observing that particular patient when he was coming in initially versus his disposition more now yeah he's much more i don't know enlivened mm-hmm. is the word so there's definitely been a positive personality shift mm-hmm. or social oh, interaction bradykinesia that's the the slowing down of the mood and the responses and all that of the of Parkinson's patients. So, so, and that's what I've noticed also. I think he's also had improved exercise tolerance, sure. which has been very encouraging. He never had the, the resting tremors or any of those. And he's still working, right? And he's still going in and working. And Wow. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't go out on he, missions and stuff like that where... He's not a uh, field agent. Not, not doing field agent stuff anymore, but he's... Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely doing their intelligence work and that stuff. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's really neat. So that's very, very positive. And that's within the last, we started that treatment with the, with the micronized nasal spray of, uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Exosomes. 
Talk yeah, about that. Very easy treatment. I mean, you don't have to get IV infusions. Do not have to. Has he had it? He's never had an IV infusion. He had IV also. And I've talked to some colleagues that are using a different protocol that may have some interest to him also with using higher higher dosing and, and IV plus plus the nasal administration. But the nasal administration, I was like, Give and what, what's the benefit of that? So like it, you're huffing like, something like Flonase, right? Right. You're huffing exosomes like you would Flonase, right? So some micronized nasal spray. Like Flonase. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And then you, so that contains, one, so of, those, one of those micro droplets contains, can probably contain 300, 400,000 particles. And so what's the value of that administration approach? So uh, when you give it IV, uh, when you give exosomes IV, what happens is it, it distributes to the entire body. I mean, 10% of it or so will go into the brain and it'll cro- cross the blood-brain barrier, but it won't. Uh, but that's not the, the majority of the dosing. The majority of the dosing ends up elsewhere. 90% of it ends up elsewhere. Whereas when I give it with the micronized nasal, uh-huh. the brain gets virtually all the dose. So if I give 100 billion, if I get five milliliters of, of, of exosomes to through a micronized nasal spray, then virtually all of that is going into the brain to focus on those areas of inflammation and, um, and damage. So what if you don't have Parkinson's, but you're afraid of getting Parkinson's? Is this a preventive? No, actually, there's actually been a study on the delivery of the microvesicles into the brain, the absence of damage in, in the setting of stroke and neurodegenerative disease. And in somebody who has no ongoing brain damage or inflammation, then there's the, the microvesicles stay around for less than 24 hours and they go out and they're going into the rest of the body at that point in time to seek out other areas of inflammation and so damage. So it's like, hey guys, we showed up here in the brain. I don't see anything to do. I'm bored. Let's yeah. go find someplace else to work. Yeah, let's uh, go have a party somewhere else. Well, so it's not, it wouldn't be wasted. It just would not, it doesn't like make your brain smarter. Well, if, you, if you have no other area of damage inside okay. the Okay, anybody over yeah. 30 is not going to. Yeah. Have not. So there's going to have to be something. Going to have to be something because everybody's eating at fast food places okay. or here in the South Gumbo. Think about that. That could involve brain damage anyway. <laughs> Taco <laughs> Bell. No, can't say that. Food <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, cool. So, oh, so blood brain barrier. I think you need to explain to Tracy in Wisconsin what that means. Oh, right. So blood-brain barriers have uh, been uh, a hindrance for all of pharmaceutical delivery since we, we've started giving medications to try and effectuate treatment in the brain. And it does not allow virtually anything to pass, only a few things pass. But Wait, what does that mean? Pass where? Into the brain. So if you took an oral medication for Parkinson's, it would not go into your brain? In certain formats, yes, but, okay. but they have to be specially formulated. And that's been one of the challenges of treating the brain. Well, whereas now, actually, pharma is actually looking at the content of exosomes that are being used for, let's say, Parkinson's and the abnormal microRNAs, the abnormal content and the therapeutic content versus the therapeutic content. The microRNAs actually 
have a balance, tend to have a balance towards the pathologic when you have a pathologic disease. So that actually creates the disease process by communicating those abnormal gene products to cell. And so the cells produce that and then you get symptoms and whatnot, but, or destruction of the cell. But if you balance that, it's been found in diabetes, for example, if you overbalance the abnormal microRNA content with a, a normal microRNA content, so someone with a normal glucose metabolism and insulin response, then that will, then will stop or impede the development of many of the symptoms of diabetes elsewhere in the body, like the neuropathies, the nephropathies, the retinopathies, all of these things depend on a certain balance of these microRNAs, which I find fascinating. So if you can balance that off with enough normal microRNA, then potentially you're eliminating the development of those pathologic manifestations. So that being said, also, not only the growth factors and the other, the other uh, cytokines and things that are contained in the exosomes, it may be a volume problem, but pharma is now looking at how to concentrate those specific pathologic moieties inside or the normal moieties inside exosomes so those can be given to outstrip the balance of the pathologic microRNAs. I think most of that was over my head. So, well... <laughs> be, be that as it may, <laughs> be that as it may, it's an exciting prospect for the future because exosomes transverse into the brain. They cross that barrier; okay. they're not impeded, okay. so they can carry all of this stuff into, into the brain and have it be effective. Whereas uh, the vast majority of things that we try to apply will not cross that blood-brain barrier, which is. One last more interesting thing, the, the administration of the spray, the nasal spray with the nanoparticles is really interesting because it doesn't go from blood into the brain or into the cerebrospinal fluid, for example. It actually goes directly into nerve endings of the olfactory nerve and then seeps into the brain and tracks down the pathologic areas. Of I mean, the brain. But you're telling me you can't do that to get smarter? Uh, it won't make you smarter, like repair. It will give you like, more cells to stimulate, to put information. I would, that would be, <laughs> <laughs> it will repair and create new Which uh, you still just can't fix, stupid, is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Cool. So, okay, so this particular patient, maybe, and he's having good results. You're seeing results. So we're actually seeing results, which is phenomenal in Parkinson's because it's all degenerative, right? There's always this irreversible progression. Irreversible. That's what I was trying to get towards to. destruction, right? But it so, is reversible. So, so what we're seeing, what you're seeing there, when you see positive results, it's actually reversing things. So okay. there's actually some, something is happening in there. The repair of the nerve endings, creating more dopamine, whatever it is actually transpiring to not just forestall the progression of disease, it's actually reversing the disease to a Can certain Can it level. reverse to the point, to zero point? Like uh, We don't have that information yet. No, nobody's done that yet. The trials haven't been big enough. Oh, okay. And the normal exosomes are not funded because there's no patent available. Okay. So at the moment, the results are a reversal an observation of reversal. Clinical observation. In theory, right now, 
it's could you could say Parkinson's can be slowed, right? Because you're reversing it, so you're slowing it, but you're not actually able to say that you can el- eradicate it, right? You can't heal it. Cannot heal it. To the best of our knowledge. Okay. But yeah. symptomatic improvement, not only just from the pharmaceuticals, is actually, and this gentleman has not had any modification of his mean doses since I became the exosome. So um, it's quite possible that his effect is actually from cellular repair. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, really exciting. All right. Well, I think we're about out of time. So, listener, I hope you found this informational, helpful. And if you have any topics or anything that you would like for us to touch on or any questions you would like for us to address on the show, please feel free to reach out. You can go to yourinfinitehealth.com, fill out the contact form, and I will be happy to um, try to answer you as best we can. Otherwise, until next time. Thanks for subscribing to Your Infinite Health. I'm Dr. Tripp. And I'm Lynne. Until next time, feel it, look it, and live it. <laughs>